Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Then he went up from there to the inhabitants of Debir. Formerly the name of Debir was Kirjath Sefer. And Caleb said, he who attacks, and this sounds very familiar to me, like what David said, and, uh, and Joab responded. But it says, Caleb said, he who attacks Kirjath Sefer and takes it, I will give, to, I will, I will give a- 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 Aksa, my daughter, as wife. And so Othniel, the son of Kenaz, the brother of Caleb, took it, and he gave him Aksa, uh, his daughter, as wife. So Achan... Uh, I'm sorry, Aksa, she was Othniel's niece, seeing that he was Caleb's brother. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob concludes chapters 14 and 15 of the book of Joshua by reviewing the borders of Israel at that time. Even though the land had been divided, there was still work to be done. God shows us a great example of this in Caleb. Caleb was not only a man of great deeds by driving out the children of Anak, but also a man who encouraged others to great and bold deeds. He did this by offering his daughter in marriage to a man who was bold enough to conquer a city to have her. And now, let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, verse 10. We're back in our text now. As he said these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, here I am this day, 85 years old. So he's an old man. Verse 11, as yet I am strong as the day as... On the day that Moses sent me. So he's, he's basically making a boast, and I don't think he was, I think he was telling the truth. He's an 85-year-old man, and he was saying, you know what? I'm as strong as when I was 40. I'm ready to take out my Glock and go up there on the, on the mountain. And I got my magazines in my, in, my, in my back pocket. I'm going to take out those Anakims, right? He was that formidable even at 85 years old. What a great, great example Caleb is. What a great thing. In fact, I love, you know, this aged man with such great faith. What does it say for us in Psalm 92, verses 12 through 15? And write this down. This is fun. Psalm 92, verses 12 through 15. It says this, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, and he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that what we should be doing as we're getting older in the Lord, as we become older as a Christian? We should be bearing more fruit as as time goes on, rather than the opposite. And unfortunately, I see some Christians, they they just don't want to do anything. They just want to sit back and watch Oprah. They want to sit back and watch Judge Judy. They want to sit back and watch Jeopardy all day. And then their health starts to tank. And the next thing you know, they're eating too much. Then they got diabetes. Then they can't feel their feet. Then they got to have the foot amputated. Then they get pneumonia. And then they end up dying. What a miserable way to live. 
Don't be one of those people. <laughs> if you're a Christian, get in the game. Get excited about Jesus again. Get excited about your faith again. Get excited about God's word again and get out there and minister to people. Everyone around you, just tell them that Jesus loves them. And it's hard because nobody wants to hear it. But, you know, give them that big smile like I'm giving you right now. Give them the smile and tell them that. They're going to think you're nuts. But it's the truth. It's the truth. Do you understand? Look with me at Jeremiah. Just write this down. Jeremiah 17, verses 7 through 8. What does it say here? I love this verse. Blessed is the man, Jeremiah 17, verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will it cease from yielding fruit. And that's exactly, it reminds you of Psalm 1, doesn't it? And just to be planted in the Lord and Caleb at his twilight years, still full of faith. Let's go back to verse 12 now. Now therefore, give me this mountain, Caleb says, of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you have heard in that day how the Anakim was there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me. And I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. Notice that Caleb was operating in faith and not presumption. He wasn't going up in some kind of false bravado, thinking, I've still got it, and I'm going to go up, and I'm going to do it right now. No, he he prefaces it by saying, if the Lord wills, you know, it may be that the Lord God will be with me, but he was with me then, and he's with me now, and I'm ready to go. (laughs) What an amazing guy. He certainly wasn't a double-minded man. The Bible says in the book of James that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. But Caleb was not a double-minded man. He says, God was with me then, God's going to be with me now, and God's going to be with me when I take my very last breath. And he wasn't going to shrink back at all. I love that. So verse 13, And Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. So Hebron is in the area... Actually, I believe it's in the area of Judah or Benjamin. I think it's in Benjamin. Uh, I may be wrong on that because I can't see. But Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron formerly was Kirjath Arba, for Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. And the Anakim, remember, are these, these uh, race of giants that the Bible talks about. It talks about them in Genesis chapter 6, uh, the first four verses. It talks about the, the Nephilim. And the Nephilim, uh, the, the, these, these fallen ones, the, 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 they believe that the, these race of giants propagated before the flood. And there was something also spooky that the angels did, which we'll get into later. Uh, even after the flood, these things came back. And there were more giants in the land, even after the flood. And we can... Um, and so that's for another time. But let's get right into verse or chapter 15, excuse me. So, so this was the lot of the tribe of the children of Judah. Now, as we get into this chapter, and we're basically going to be reading it with very little commentary, you'll notice that as we're reading, we're, we're just talking about Judah. And as we get into chapter 16, we're going to be talking about uh, Ephraim and, and Manasseh. And up until chapter 18, it's all going to be about Judah and Ephraim and Manasseh, their inheritance, the lands that they were going to get, the extra land that Manasseh was going to receive. It talks about those things. But the other tribes are just kind of like, it makes you wonder what they're doing. They're just kind of watching their brothers take some of the land, and they're not really full of faith. They're, not really, they're kind of discouraged, maybe. I don't really know. 
But Joshua calls them to task in chapter 18. After they set up the, the tabernacle there in the, in the city of Shiloh, which is where this, uh, the tabernacle was first erected in any permanent way. But let's get into chapter 15. So this was the lot of the tribe of the children of Judah, according to their families. The border of Edom at the wilderness of Zin, southward, was the extreme southern boundary. And their southern border became at the shore of the Salt Sea, which is the Dead Sea, from the bay that faces southward. And then it went down to the southern side of the ascent of Akribim, passed along to Zin, ascended on the south side of Kadesh Barnea, passed along to Hezron, went up to Adar, and went around to Karka. From there it passed toward Asmon and went out to the brook of Egypt, and the border ended at the sea. This shall be your southern border. And as we go along with this, I would encourage you, as we're just reading names, take the time some time to get, to get a couple of really good maps, a couple of different maps, and see if you can locate some of these things. It gets kind of interesting because you can kind of see the border. Time doesn't really permit us to do that and because it's something fun you can do on your own. But, but take the time, if you can, get a couple of really good atlases of Israel, the ancient uh, uh, this time period around the 14th century, uh, 15th century, or 13 and 14th century, and you'll find these name places. If, if, um, and, and some of them are even unknown, I'd imagine, but many of them are known. So the east border uh, was the Salt Sea, as far as the mouth of Jordan, verse 15, and the border of the northern quarter began at the bay of the south of the sea, at the mouth of the Jordan. The border went up to Beth Hogla and passed north of Beth Arabah. And the border went up to the stone of Bohan, the son of Reuben. And then the border went up toward Debir from the valley of Achor. Remember Achor? That's the valley where Achan and his family were destroyed because of their sin of covetousness and idolatry. Um, that's the valley of Achor. And, and it turned northward toward Gilgal, which is before the ascent of Edumim which is on the south side of the valley. And the border continued toward the waters of En-Shemesh and ended at En-Rogel. And the border went up by the valley of the son of Hinnom to the southern slope of the Jebusite city, which is Jerusalem. And the valley of Hinnom is that northern, uh, excuse me, the southern part of, of the, the temple area, the temple mount there. And if you go to Israel with us, you'll see we'll go right by and, and walk in the valley of Hinnom. And it's amazing to consider all of the, all of the atrocities that took place in the Valley of Hinnom. At one point in the, in, the, in the history of the kings, they would have child sacrifices there to their false gods, the Milcom and uh, the Baals. They would, they would burn their children right there. I mean, if you could dig down in the Valley of Hinnom, probably several feet underneath, you'd probably find ashes and bones and, and, and just junk because that was like a trash heap. And that, that's where we get the... The fires of Gehenna, they actually would actually call that valley because it was on fire most of the time. They would call that Gehenna, even though that's uh, just a valley of burning. And it was in the southern part of the city of David. And so this Jebusite city, let me just give you a couple things to read, and I'll just summarize. Uh, as we're talking about this Jebusite city, which is Jerusalem, uh, write down these couple of verses. Uh, the first one is Second Samuel chapter 5 verses 6 through 8. And this really talks about when David, uh, when he was uh, king, he went up to uh, Jerusalem, which was the city of the, the Jebusites. And he told one, he, he made the comment that if anybody could go up there and conquer this city, that he would, um, what was the reward? I forget. 
He shall be chief captain. <laughs> he shall be chief captain. And so when we look in First Chronicles then, uh, chapter 11, verses 4 through 9, we find out who that person is that went up there. And his name was Joab, who was the son of Zeruiah. So Joab was David's cousin, or his uncle. Let me see, it was his, his, uh, his cousin, I believe, his, uh, his brother. I forget what I forget the relationship, but anyway. But Joab was the son of Zeruiah. Now Zeruiah was David's sister, so most of us think when we think of Zeruiah that it was a man, but Zeruiah was actually David's King David's sister, and so it was his nephew, right? Joab, who went up and took the city, and he became chief. That's why he became his chief uh, man who would go out and uh, commander in chief of the armies, right? That's really what he was. So then the border, verse 9, going back to our text, went around from the top of the hill to the fountain of the water of Nephtoah and extended to the cities of Mount Ephron. And the border went around to Baalah, which is Kirjath-Jerim. Then the border turned eastward from Baalah to Mount Seir, passed along to the side of Mount Jerim on the north, which is Chesalon, went down to Beth Shemesh and passed on to Timnah. And the border went out to the side of Ekron, northward, and then the border went around to Shikron, passed along to Mount Baalah, and extended to Jabneel, and the border ended at the sea. Now, again, these names you know, don't mean a whole lot to us, but again, if you're looking at a detailed map, it would give you a really wonderful um, illustration of all of these things. So verse 12, the west border was the coastline of the Great Sea. The Great Sea, of course, is the Mediterranean Sea on the west coast of Israel or Canaan. And this is the boundary of the children of Judah all around according to their families. And so verse 13, now to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he gave a share among the children of Judah according to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, namely Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron. Arba was the father of Anak. So again, uh, another um, lesson here about the, the, the giants that were in the land. In verse 14, Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak there, Sheshai, Ahiman, and Telmei, the children of Anak. Notice, he wasn't even afraid of these, these mountain of a guys, and he probably had some help from some of the brothers in Judah who went up and helped him take care of these monstrosities that were living in the land, these genetic nightmares, as I like to call them, you know, these giants. Isn't that fun to say? Genetic nightmare. Isn't that fun to think about? He's a genetic nightmare. That's what they were. Verse 15, Then he went up from there to the inhabitants of Debir. Formerly the name of Debir was Kirjath Sefer. And Caleb said, He who attacks, and this sounds very familiar to me, like what David said, and, uh, and Joab responded. But it says, Caleb said, He who attacks Kirjath Sefer and takes it, I will give, to, I will, I will give a- 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 Aksa my daughter as wife. And so Othniel, the son of Kenaz, the brother of Caleb, took it, and he gave him Aksa, his daughter, as wife. So Achan, I'm sorry, Aksa, she was Othniel's niece, seeing that he was Caleb's brother. Now, this may seem kind of weird for us uh, to, you know, these kinds of things, but um, uh, they did these things back in, the, in, the, in that day, uh, and the gene pool was certainly much purer, and there were less uh, mutant mutations and things like that, which we get today when families intermingle, uh, today, uh, and I believe that that's probably because of the DNA has been spread so thin that sometimes mutations occur and abnormalities occur in children when people are very close and, and relatives to one another and they have kids. That's probably the reason. We don't really know, but I'll move on. So 
Now it was so that when she came to him, that she persuaded Caleb to ask uh, her father for a field. And so she dismounted from her donkey, and Caleb said to her, What do you wish? And she answered, Give me that red Lamborghini like you gave to Sarah Casella. Oh, that's not in the text, is it? She answered, Give me a blessing, since you know. (laughs) Is she still here today? No, she took off, didn't she? Uh, She'll hear it on the recording, maybe. So, she answered, Give me a blessing, seeing uh, since you have given me land in the south, give me also springs of water. And notice his generosity. So he gave her not only the upper springs, but he also gave her the lower springs. Verse 20, This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Judah, according to their families. According to their families. The cities at the limits of the tribe of the children of Judah toward the border of Edom in the south were Kabzio, Edar, and Jagur. Kina, Debona, or Demona, Adada, Kedish, Hazor, Ithman, Ziph, Telem, Baaloth, Hazor, Hadata, Kerioth, Hezron, which is Hazor. This is a, one of the cities that um, we'll drive by in Israel, going on Highway 90, going down toward the uh, Dead Sea. We'll pass by Hazor, which is a very important city in the children of Israel's history. Uh, the mound of it is still there in the ruins. Uh, Amam, Shema, Molada, Heza, Gada, Heshman, Beth Pelet, Hazar, Shuel, Beersheba, Bizjothja, Beala, uh, Lejim, Ezim, <laughs> Etolad, Chezil, Horma, Ziklag, Medmana, uh, Susanna. Oh, Susanna. No, it's not Susanna. It's uh, Sanzana. Lebeoth, Shilhem, Ain, and Rimon, all the cities are 29 with their villages. Notice how specific the Bible is. It's not just there so that it gives you something to read or to ink to fill the page. There's a reason for these things. And these are real places. That's, that, that, that's one of the things that's so cool about the Bible is it's a record. It's, in fact, it's one of the only true records that there are in some, I mean, let everybody else be the liar, but let the Bible be true. Amen. In fact, everything they're finding nowadays, oh, this guy didn't exist, and then they find something, some little coin under the Temple Mountain. There's his name on the coin. Oh, I guess the Bible's true. Duh. Put that next to your Bible, the word duh, D-U-H, exclamation point. Duh. Of course it is, because the Bible says it is. Real easy. I like that. So in the lowland, Eshtael, Zorah, Ashna, Zenoa, Enganim, Tepua, Enam, Jarmuth, Adulam, Sokah, Azikah, Shiraim, Adithim, Gedarah, and Gedarathaim, 14 cities with their villages, Zenon, Hedashah, Migdal Gad, you're probably wondering why am I reading these and just get to the end, right? Delian, Mizpah, Jokhil, Lachish, Bozkath, Eglon, Kabon, Lamas, Kitlish, Jedaroth, Beth, Dagon, Naamah, and Machidah, 16 cities with their villages, Libna, Ether, Ashen, Jibtha, Ashnaz, Nezib, Kila, Azib, and Mirashah, nine cities with their villages, Ekron with its towns and villages. From Ekron to the sea, all that lay near Ashdod. So now we're talking about the western side of Israel, there along the coast of Israel on the Mediterranean, uh, that lay near Ashdod with their villages. Ashdod with its towns and villages, we're almost done. Gaza with its towns and villages, as far as the brook of Egypt and the great sea with its coastline, and in the mountain country. Shamir, Jatir, Soko, Dana, Kirjath Sana, which is Debir, Anab, 
Eshtemo, Anim, Goshen, Holon, Gilo, eleven cities with their villages, Arab, Duma, Eshian, Janum, Beth Tapua, Afika, Humta, Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron, Hebron, and Zior, nine cities with their villages, Maon, Carmel, Ziph, Juta, Jezreel, Jokdiam, Zanoa, Cain, Gibeah, and Timnah, ten cities with their villages, Hahu, Beth-Zur, Gador, Meoroth, Beth-Enoth, and Eltakon, six cities with their villages, Kirjath-Baal, which is Kirjath-Jerim, and Rabbah, Two cities with their villages. In the wilderness, Beth Arabah, Midin, Sekakoth, Nibshan, the city of salt, and En Gedi, which is right there along the Dead Sea, which if you go to Israel, plug, 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 you'll visit. We'll visit En Gedi. We'll see where David hid uh, uh, from Saul, and we'll see one of his, you know, his hideouts. I think the, there's been a lot of earthquakes over the last several years that have collapsed a lot of the uh, ta- our caverns that were once there. Um, so we can't get back like they used to in the, you know, 20, 30 years ago. They could actually get into some of these caves. But um, earthquakes over the, uh, over the years have collapsed a lot of those that we can't get to. But we still go up there, and you see all the, the conies, those little rock badgers, little cute little guys. And you see the, uh, the ibex. i never forget a couple, uh, the last time we were there, we were in En Gedi. And this is really funny. I, I say this as comic relief because after we read these names, I need a break too. We're almost done. But... The ibex is like this, this goat-looking creature, and he's got two horns sticking out of his head straight up. And they're kind of at a, at a at, they go out from each other. And I saw, and I actually got a picture of this, of some fancy guy was there with his BMW. It was a really nice BMW, white, I think it was, really nice BMW. Bach Motorwerke. So there it is, and this ibex jumps up on the hood of the car. With all of his weight, and you can see the indentation of the hood of the car kind of going crunch. And he's up there looking around. And And I thought to myself, how cool is that? I'm glad it's not my car. So I took a picture of it. Yeah, it's funny. I'm sure it wasn't funny for the guy who had the BMW. So in the wilderness, verse 61, uh, Beth, Arabah, I think I read those. Uh, I read those, 62. Verse 63, finally. As for the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the children of Judah could not drive them out because the Jebusites dwell with the children of Judah at Jerusalem to this day. To this day. And it probably wasn't until Second Samuel chapter 5 and First Chronicles chapter 11. Remember when David and his men, probably 400 years later, uh, around 400 years after this, you know, when, uh, from what we're reading now, 400 and some years later, Joab would go up to that Jebusite city and he would conquer it. He would find a way up through, and we, we, we visit this place where he climbed up this little shaft, and all the Israelite army climbed up this little shaft, and they took it. Uh, they came in when nobody was looking. They all crawled up this little tunnel in the, in the, in the, in the cistern, in the, in the water. So it's kind of interesting. So anyway... Uh, you know, be encouraged as we read this. It's just really a record of the land that God had given to them and how happy, again, they were to inherit the land. And uh, it was a, a great day of celebration for them as they began to partition the land and get into it. You know, why don't we uh, let's stand together and uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time, and we uh, just pray for your blessing uh, on your word, Father. Um, we know that it is blessed, but bless it to our hearts. Lord, and bless it to our ears, Lord, and may we uh, fall in love with your word all over again. 
And, and so, Father, have your way with us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Joshua. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.